Welcome to Amplifying Leadership, a place where we talk with guests on their leadership journey and hear about what they think is key to becoming a great leader. My name is Tara Lehman, and I'm a partner, coach, and consultant at Twin Life Coaching and Business Services, of which Amplifying Leadership is a division. For our leadership clients, we support you through this podcast and various leadership services. To learn more about our division, Amplifying Leadership, and our community, please visit amplifyingleadership.ca. Today, I am welcoming Terry Tucker, an author and motivational speaker who believes in the power of a story to motivate, inspire, and help others lead their uncommon and extraordinary lives. Welcome to the show, Terry. Tara, thanks for having me on. I'm really looking forward to talking with you today. Great. Well, you probably, if you've been listening, know I like to hear what the leadership story is to start so that you can introduce yourself. So why don't you share a little bit about your leadership story? Sure. And I'm trying to figure out which one to pick, but I, I think I'll, <laughs> I'll pick the um, the opportunity I had to coach a girls' high school basketball team when oh. we lived in Texas. I, I grew up, you can't tell us from looking at me, but I'm six foot eight inches tall and wow. actually went to college on a basketball scholarship. I have a brother who was an NCAA Division One college, or excuse me, Division Two college basketball, All-American two years in a row, and was drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers, the National wow. Basketball Association. And then my youngest brother was a pitcher for the University of Notre Dame's baseball wow. team. So our whole family was about athletics growing yeah. up. My mom and dad you know, kind of used to do the divide and conquer parenting thing where, you know, I'd have a practice at one time and my dad would go to that and my brother would have a game yeah. at the exact same time. So so I had the opportunity to coach a girls high school basketball team when we lived in Houston. And it was a team that didn't, didn't know what it didn't know. I, I mean, they were perennial losers. They, they never expected to win. They were, they were just out there. I didn't have fun. And there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. You should absolutely yeah. have fun. But, but this whole leadership thing, especially for me, when I have no sisters, I went to an all boys Catholic high school. And when I went to college at the Citadel, it was all male. So experiencing or having the opportunity to coach girls was certainly an opportunity for me to learn as well. Absolutely. Wow. That's amazing. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about your leadership journey and maybe what some of the obstacles as you went through developing as a leader, what some of the obstacles that you had to overcome? I think one of the biggest obstacles is I had to switch the mindset. I had to develop a culture of winning because the expectation was we are going to lose. And if you're going to okay. go into anything with with the opportunity or, or with the expectation that you're not going to be successful, I've I've been battling cancer for 11 years and, and I have people come up to me occasionally and say, gee, I, I could never do, I could never go through, I could never experience what you've experienced. And depending on what kind of mood I'm in, sometimes I can be a little smart aleck. I, I sometimes say to them, you're right, you can't because you've already defeated yourself in your own mind. And, and if you can't control your mind out of the gate, whatever it is, whether it's in athletics or business or medicine or law or whatever it ends up being, if you can't control your mind, then your mind is going to control you. And yes. so, you know, you have to you have to expect to win because if you don't expect to win, why why play the game? Why practice? Why go through this? Why not just roll the ball out there and get beat every game? So the biggest obstacle I had to overcome with these girls 
was to teach them that they deserved to win, that they were going to work hard to win. And it didn't matter on the scoreboard whether we won or lost. What mattered is, did you give your best effort? Because if you gave your best effort, I don't care what the score said. To me, you're a winner. I love that you brought up the mindset piece because a lot of people, and you know, it's probably in in us from, you know, years and years, you know, millennial ago, you know, (laughs) how we like just go to the negative. It's like a fight and flight type thing. And we even put that into our futures. I like to tell my clients, your future is not here. You can pick what path you want to take. Every choice is a new one. And so I really like that you brought that up. What challenges did you have with the girls in order for them to like overcome that negativity that had been almost like put into their minds because of perhaps losing the games? Well, and, and I, it was developing a new culture. It was saying, mm-hmm. okay, we are going to practice and we're going to practice in a certain way. These are the expectations that, that I, as the coach, I, as the leader, expect of you and in a lot of you know especially established teams you have usually the the older players or the older people uh and I'm, I don't mean old by age but more experienced people on the team that say hey here are the expectations of our program here's what we value and here's what we expect of you and I didn't have to say that I wouldn't have to say that as the coach but in in starting out and developing a new culture you had to do all that. You had to say, this is what you will be on time. If, if you're, if you're on time, you're late. You know, we, I used to always say, you better be here 10 minutes early. And, right. and if you can't be, I better hear about why. And if I, I had one rule, you know, initially I had all kinds of rules and I thought this is ridiculous. And I came up with one single rule that okay. you don't do anything, whether it's on the court or off the court that reflects negatively on our team on our school or on you and your family. And I figured, well, that was, that pretty much was a catch all for everything. And I had people, you know, I like, look, if you're going to be late for practice, I want to know why I got to meet with the teacher or, you know, whatever that ended up being. I'll I'll give you a quick story. So I, we had been in a tournament and the girls had missed some classes during this tournament. And so they had to make it up. And, and two of my players had to take a test that they had missed during the tournament and so I, I get a call right before practice one day. And it's like, uh, coach, uh, so-and-so and I are, are, are going to be late for practice. I'm like, okay. I said, why are you going to be late for practice? Well, we have to go up in front of an honor board. I, I, I said, excuse me? Wow. I said, are you the subject of the honor board or do you have to sit on it to make a decision? Uh, no, we're, we're, we're the subject of it. I said, okay, when you get to practice, you come and talk to me. And I yeah. took them into the athletic director's office and I'm like, what's the deal? Basically, they the test they missed that they retook, they cheated on, even um, knowing that the teacher was going to throw the test out because the rest of the class did not do well on it. And my question to them after we talked was, knowing what you know now, knowing what the expectations were, and knowing that the teacher was going to throw that test out, would you do anything different? And the scary thing was, they said no. Oh, wow. Like, you would cheat again? And I ended up kicking one of the girls off the team because I'd had some discipline problems with her. And the other one I suspended for two weeks and she ended up quitting because she was friends with the other girl. Mm. And I, but, you know, again, that's developing a culture. Here are things that we will accept and here are things that we will not accept. And we will not accept cheating 
whether it's on the test or in the game or in a practice as part of our culture in this organization. And I love that you touch on culture because that is a huge piece of any organization. If you want it to run smoothly, you need to have that great culture. And it does start with leadership sometimes putting those boundaries in place so that people know what's expected. I was just doing a recording about meetings and how to have more effective meetings means as a leader, you're not late. You are on time every time, right? You stick to that agenda and you don't go late. You are respectful of those things. And so it speaks to what you're just saying as well. Like it's about what are those boundaries that are acceptable so that we can have a great culture. So I love that you brought that up. Culture is huge. I want to talk about communication with what you did with the culture. Can you help our audience understand how you used your leadership skills and the communication side of things to build a better culture within who you had left on the team? <laughs> I left. That's yeah, I mean, you lost a couple of people, you know, and it was valid. So what happens next, right? What was that next step? I, I, I think one of the most interesting things that I learned, and, and I think you hit on a huge point, the, the importance of communication. And I, I remember reading a statistic here in the United States that out of the Fortune 500 companies, 163 of those companies are run by former members of the United States Marine Corps. And I so I went back and I'm like, OK, why so many people? What does the Marine Corps do? What, how do they structure things? And communication was was an incredibly important part of leadership and developing leaders, not just leaders that are officers, but non-commissioned officers and even corporals and privates in the organization. And I think the first thing you have to do is you have to tell them what needs to be done. And then instead of micromanaging, and, and you've probably seen this in your coaching, I mean, what happens when there's a problem? Okay, everybody gets together and the box walks in and the boss sits down and says, okay, here's the problem. They state the problem. But then they say, well, here's how I think I should, we should solve the problem. And they put something out there. And then it's like, okay, let's go around the room and talk about it. Now, unless you're an idiot, you're not going to say anything negative or contrary mm -hmm. to what the boss has said. Yeah. But as a boss, you're probably not going to be getting the best information. The better way to do that is to come in as the boss, sit down, state what the problem is, and then be quiet and say, okay, let's talk about how we think we can handle this. Because as a boss, as a leader, many times you're not in the trenches. You're not yep. one of those people that, that is involved day to day that's getting these things done. But the people around that table are. And they I probably agree. have some really good ideas about how we can fix this problem. So instead of you saying what you think, let them say what they say. So I think you, you tell them what you want to do. You give them an opportunity to come up with a plan, come up with a way to do that. You you go back to them and say, okay, explain the plan to me. What are the resources you need? What things can I help you with? And then you say, okay, what's the time frame you think this will be done? Great. We've got an expectation here. Go do it. And then as the leader, I think the other part of that communication is to check in from time to time. How's it going? Mm -hmm. do, are you having any obstacles? How can I help you? What resources do you need from me? I think leaders, we talk about leaders lead from the front. I think leaders do lead from the front. But I also think they lead from behind because a leader, I don't care who you are, you are a servant to the people that you lead, not the other mm -hmm. way around. Yeah. And I love those things that you're touching on. So I'm going to come back to follow up. But first, I want to talk about the empowerment. So I am a huge advocate for brainstorming within a team when there's a problem. 
especially, you know, when I, if you work like with manufacturers and stuff like that, but it goes to any team, it could go to your team, like your, your, the girls that you were coaching, you know, you do state that problem, but don't give your response because you're right. Everybody's just going to go, Oh yeah, you have the best one. Cause you're the boss. Where if you just say, we're going to go around the room, we're going to brainstorm, like what does everybody here would think would be a, a good solution, big, bad, out of budget, doesn't matter because you can piece things together to get the perfect solution. So I love that empowerment side of the team that you brought up. The other thing I want to touch on is the follow-up because you're right. How many people, managers out there set expectations and there's due dates, even responsibilities and goals. And a year later, we're still talking about it because there's been no follow-up. There's been no accountability to getting it done. Did you have any of that come up when you were leading the team, even in the accountability side? I, I did. I, I'll give you. A, I'll give you a story. I, one day we are playing a game, and the game's going on, and I'm coaching. And I turn to the bench and I point to one of the girls and I say, "Go in for so and so." And she nods in the affirmative. And I turn back to coaching the game, and I, out of the corner of my eye, I can see the scores table, and there's nobody there. So I turn back around and I look at her again. And I'm like. Get in the game for Soatone. She shakes. Okay, sure, no problem. And again, I go back to teach, you know, to watching the game. And again, out of the corner of my eye, there's nobody there. And so I turn back to her and I'm I'm like, get in the game. And now she's sort of shaking me off like a you know, a big league pitcher does, you know, oh, with yeah. with the catcher. It's like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm, I don't <laughs> like that sign. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? So I bring her to where I am literally with the game going on five feet in front of us. And I'm like, I put my hands on her shoulders. Like what's wrong. I need you in the game. All of a sudden the tears start Uh and I'm like, okay, what's wrong. Tell me why you don't want to go in the game. And and she was so overwhelmed by fear that Mm. if she went into the game and made a mistake, her friends in the stands would make fun of her when, Uh you know, they went to class the next day. And I had to remind her, I said, what about, yes, I understand you have friends in the stands, but what about your accountability to your teammates? You come out here every day, you make yourself better, and you work hard to make your teammates better as well. Mm-hmm. What about your accountability? W- what about them? The fact that I need you in the game right now, and you're basically telling me, I'm no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, you're letting me down, but you're also letting your teammates down. And eventually, mm-hmm. after a little bit of a psychology session, <laughs> you go into the game. But that was so foreign for me as a coach and as a, as a male, because you know, when I was playing basketball, I was like, practice was the time to say, hey, coach, when the game goes, put me in, please. You couldn't yeah. wait to play in the game. I never thought, well, if I make a mistake, my friends in the stands are going to make fun of me. It was, I, I, I never had that. I never experienced that. And it was just really, uh, like you say, who are you responsible for? Who were you responsible to? Is it your mm-hmm. friends in the stands or is it your, the other players on your team that you work with every day as well? And it sounds to me too, you learned a little bit of the difference between men and women during that time as well. Absolutely. Peer pressure on women, even in the business world is huge. I mean, if you are in a male dominated industry, it can be very difficult to move up because there's expectations of you as a woman, or maybe there is that, you know, not wanting to put women in leadership. So when you consider, you know, what you learned from that, what would you say was the biggest outcome, a positive thing that she learned from that experience? 
I think I learned, and I'm, maybe I'm going to be a selfish here, the importance of self-leadership. You yes, know, of, yeah. of, and, and I, I think of three things when I think of that. I think of sort of self-awareness, you know, remaining what what are your what are your values what what do you hold dear and are you remaining true to those values and I think the second one is self-confidence and that goes really back to as a leader knowing your strengths and weaknesses and not trying to push a bad situation where okay I I don't really know about this I mean I, I had a female assistant coach I had a male assistant coach and sometimes I would go to the female assistant coach and I'm like you need to handle this because I knew mm-hmm. that was not my strength. This is not something that I'm good at, but you are. And so mm-hmm. could you please handle this for me? So self-confidence. And then I think the last thing is self-belief in knowing that your personal or your core values are sound and that you live those every day. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got to be able as a leader to walk the walk in addition to talk the talk. The worst leaders are in the world who say stuff over yeah. here and then go do stuff that's over here that doesn't match the talk. Those are the worst yeah. leaders in the world, and we probably all experience those. Yes, the do as I say, not the do as I do, yes. right? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to lead by example. I want to quick touch on strengths and weaknesses because that is a big thing when you're looking at teams. And it's a, and I like that you brought that up because it really is looking at what your strengths are, but also the strengths of your team members. So for you, the assistant coaches, Knowing that one of them can help your team better than you because that is a weakness for you and a strength for her, utilizing that strength of another team member is vital in ensuring a great team culture as well because you can learn and grow from each other, but also knowing where those strengths are with your team members is huge. Absolutely. And and of course, in sports too, you're not going to put a player who's really weak in a spot that doesn't make sense for them to play, right? So. I, yeah. I mean, I always used to tell my players, I'll treat you fairly, but I won't treat you equally because you're not all equal. You know, one of you is better at this. I'm going to make that person do that because they're good at it. I'm not going to put you in a situation where you're going to fail or where I'm setting you up to fail. But maybe you're good at, at something over here. Well, I'll put you in that role. And as a result, you will be successful in that. Your confidence will grow and you will grow as a leader. Because I think I think the bottom line for a leader is to develop other leaders. It's it's yeah. not about you. It's about making other people or giving other people the ability or or whatever to, to become a leader themselves. It's almost a mentoring uh, yeah, piece mentor. of our Thank job you. descriptions, right? Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this. From the first day that you were there to, you know, once they've developed a great culture and a great team, what was the team dynamic like? Was it, and, and how were there, I'm not saying that they won or lost, but- did they make good improvements? They did. They they, yeah. they they learned to win. And when, you know, winning breeds winning, just like losing breeds losing. And if you start to win, you start to expect to win. You start to want to win. You start to do, to be willing to do what's necessary to win. And I think all those things were not in that, in that dynamic before that there wasn't that culture of we're going to do what we need to do to win. Now we're just going to roll the ball out and have fun. And and there's nothing wrong with that. You should absolutely want to have fun, mm-hmm. but you, you kind of touched on it. I found that at least in girls basketball, girls compete or are on a team for different reasons. Girls want to have fun and make the connections with their fellow teammates 
Mm-hmm. Whereas guys are like, yeah, I don't really care if I make a connection with you. I just want to go out and play. I just want to go out right. and have a good time and win. And yeah. winning is not nearly as important, at least I found at that level at high school, than that it is for girls than it is for boys. Boys want to win. Girls, eh, I don't really care if I win. I mean, I would go home on the bus with these girls after we would lost, and I would be miserable. And they'd be having a great time because <laughs> it was about their relationship to each other as connection. Teams. Yeah, it's all about connection, right? It is. it is. Made for a much better team dynamic at that. Yeah, that's awesome. If we were to put everything we talked about uh, together today, what do you think is one of the biggest pieces of leadership, regardless if it's a coaching a team or if it's in business, that you feel is extremely important? I, I think the overarching theme of all leadership is as the leader goes, so the team goes always, always, mm-hmm. 100%. If you've got a lousy leader, you are going to have a lousy team. If you have a mediocre leader, you're going to have a mediocre team. If you have a strong leader, you're going to have a strong team. And, and it it's really simple, but it's incredibly, as you know, in your business, yeah. incredibly hard to do that. And like you said, we've touched on some things, strength and weaknesses, communication, different things like that that all go into leadership. It's not just not one, it's not one size fits all. No, not at all. I agree with that. So if our audience had to take that one big key takeaway from you today in general in leadership, that one thing that they should, like a tip that they should try sometime this week, what do you think that should be for them? Is there like a communication piece or a strength or a weakness type thing? What do you think? Let, let me give you, let me give you a saying, you know, when, you know leadership, yeah. we talk about, you know, the, what the mission, you know, we've got to have a mission. What, what, what are we trying to accomplish? What are we trying to do? And how do we define that? How do we know we've been successful? And the greatest definition of success that I've ever heard came from John Wooden, who was a basketball coach at UCLA when I was growing up. And this is what he said. And, and listen to the definition, because it's, it's really kind of interesting. Doesn't say anything about success, doesn't say anything about winning. But how he defined success was this. Success is peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction in knowing that you did your best to become the best that you're capable of becoming. And I love that definition. Never heard of it. Yeah, that is amazing. I love that. I love that definition myself. It's not about being perfect. It's not about being number one. It's about being satisfied and having a great culture, for example, around yeah. it. I love it. I love it. That's amazing. Well, thank you for a great conversation. So if we had people in our audience who wanted to learn more about you, is there a way they can find you online? Sure. I have a blog called Motivational Check. Every day I put up a thought for the day. And with okay. that thought comes a question about maybe how you could apply it in your life. On Mondays, I put up the Monday morning motivational message, I have recommendations for books to read, videos to watch. All that is at Motivational Check. Thank you so much, Terry. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thanks for having me on, Terry. I appreciate it. Of course, thank you to our listeners. We both hope that you are taking away some key tips today from our conversation. Leaders do need to continually grow and develop for themselves and for their team. If you want support and development or perhaps to join a community, please visit amplifyingleadership.ca, the Twin Life Coaching and Business Services Division. Until next time, please be safe and be an amazing leader for leaders to be.